1: If you could open up your Bibles to Acts chapter 20, Acts chapter 20, and we're going to pick up where we left off last time on verse 29. So Acts 20, verse 29, Sue, you could put up the map whenever you want to. Okay, we're going to take a little trip with Paul tonight, and he is, when we left off last time, he was here in Malitus. he's going to sail down here to Kos, over to Rhodes, to Polara, then he's going to take a long journey past Cyprus, and he's going to come down to Tyre and Sidon, which is in the area. This whole green area here is Phoenicia. So Sidon and Tyre is in the area here. So let's just go back. So this from Miletus to Coes is about 40 miles. From Coes to Rhodes is about 50 miles. From Rhodes to Palera is 40 miles. And then this is the long one. This is 400 miles. So the title of tonight's message is Different Course, Same Purpose. Different Course, Same Purpose. When you were born, before you even came to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, God had a purpose for you. He set you on a course. And during that course you came to know Him as your Lord and Savior. Once you came to know Him as your Lord and Savior, hopefully you found out your purpose was to love Him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, to be filled with His Spirit, to stay in His Word, to talk to Him, to fellowship with like-minded believers. And when you do that, you see how your purpose is being fulfilled. Each of us have a course that God has put us on. At this period of time, December 20th, 2023, we're crossing each other's path. And some of us have been running together for a while since we've been at this church. Some people move on. New people come in, things happen. So right now, like Paul, throughout Acts, we've seen the course that Paul's been on. We can read about it. We're going to read about some more tonight in chapter 20 about the course he's on. But his whole purpose the whole time was to preach the gospel. That Jesus Christ was born, He went to the cross for people's sins. He was buried. And the third day He rose. All according to the Scripture. It's all in Scripture. He ascended into heaven. He sent His Holy Spirit. We saw that at the beginning, right? In the book of Acts, Pentecost. The Feast of Pentecost. And Paul right now on his course, he's trying to get back to Jerusalem to celebrate the Feast of Pentecost. So he's trying, he's up, he's going to be eventually, we'll finish tonight in this area, but he wants to get all the way down here to Jerusalem for the Feast of Pentecost. That's his course that the Lord put him on. What's your course? Are you fulfilling your purpose? And as we see, have seen in Acts, the course isn't always smooth. It's not always nice. You get beat up on this course. But we should never waver from our purpose. Amen. So let's look at verse 29. I'm going to read verses 29 and 30. We did look at this a little bit before, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. But verse 29. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock, also from among yourselves, men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. Now since we met last time, I was, on, uh, I was watching something and it just showed all these uh, savage wolves that are out there. Some have been around for decades that are deceiving people and have a tremendous following. How does this happen? How do people who have a sincere love for Jesus Christ get duped by false teachers? Right here. They do not have a knowledge of God's Word. You see, in God's Word, He points out the counterfeit. The Holy Spirit living in within every believer, if you're abiding in the vine, God's going to show you. You're going to get a sense. This isn't right. What this person is saying isn't correct. So Paul knows he's not going to see these dear people anymore. He's going to be moving on. He's not going to come back to Ephesus, the church he founded. And he's telling the people in those couple verses that after I leave here, there's going to be people coming in here that are going to try to devour you and the work that Jesus Christ started here. They're going to be violent. They're going to be cruel. They're going to be unsparing. They're going to try to destroy the flock. And they're going to say things, perverse things, to plot against the saving purpose and the plans of God, the purposes of God. They're going to try to take people who were on the right path and get them off that path. And notice the last verse, verse 30, to draw away to disciples after themselves. None of us should ever be a disciple of any pastor or elder or Anyone in authority. Right away, you're off base. We should only be disciples of Jesus Christ. Amen? That's that's the only person we should be following. That's so important. In verse 31, it says, Therefore watch, be vigilant, and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn you or warn everyone night and day with tears. Let's take a look at those couple verses. Therefore, watch. This is the age back then. That was the age. There's no cell phones. There's no phone booths. There's no Morse code. They're not going to see Paul again, they're not going to be in his presence, and he won't be seeing them face to face. Can't FaceTime. So Paul is saying, therefore, watch. And what that means is pay strict attention. Pay strict attention. Be vigilant. Which means keep careful watch for possible dangers or difficulties. Why? Because there's going to be savage wolves that come in to try to tear you apart. If you were vigilant, great example would be you're vigilant, you're watching out. You see a burglar breaking into the neighbor's house, you call the cops. Why? Because you're alert. You're looking for things. Something that's out of place. You should do that every time you sit down in these pews. See, if what we're teaching you is from the Scriptures, you're disciples of Jesus Christ. Know God's Word So, when you hear God's word, you recognize it as God's word and you're not faked out. Dear Saints, there are millions of people that are faked out, that go to church and they're faked out. Churches are now preaching sinful practices from the pulpit in different churches throughout the world. And people flock to these churches. Because it strokes their flesh nature. We need to watch. Pay strict attention. Be vigilant. Be, be on fire to watch for everything. Verse thirty. Um, before I jump to verse 32. There is sin being condoned in our churches today. There was sin being condoned in churches that were formed back in Paul's day. It hasn't changed. The world, the flesh, And the devil are always there. Those are our opponents as we run this race on our course. Our opponents are not one another. You have a course that God's put you on. You have a course. We all have our course that we're running. But we have the same purpose. We're not competing against one another. We're supposed to be encouraged each other. And build each other up. We're supposed to come together to hear God's word, to be built up for the works of ministry so when you go out, you're a light that shines and you're touching other lives. You're glorifying God through the course He's put you on because you know your purpose. Romans 1, if you're not familiar with it, just read Romans 1 sometime. Romans 1's sins are being accepted and taught in so called buildings where church goes on. Jesus Christ shed his blood for sin. Yet, the very place where men and women, boys and girls come together to hear God's word, they're not hearing it, it's not being taught. But they think, oh, I went to church Sunday. Went to church, you know, on Christmas and Easter. And I go to church five or six times. But they're not getting God's Word. They're anemic. And they're set up for failure. Verse 32. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the Word of His grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those are sanctified. I, going back to verse 32. So brothers and sisters, I present you to God and to the word of His grace. When you hear His word, when you open the Bible and read it, God's grace is shed on you. His grace is being shed on you right then. Right now it's being shed on all of us. We're getting to open up His Word together and look at it. That's His grace. And notice here, Paul commends the people he's leaving. He's presenting them to God and to the Word. The Scriptures of His grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. When you know Genesis to Revelation, which wasn't available back then because the New Testament was not written yet. Matter of fact, Luke was one of the guys traveling with Paul. He was taking notes to one day put it together for the book of Acts. But Paul is referring to the Old Testament, which is so important, and there are churches and pastors today that are saying the Old Testament is irrelevant, irrelevant. What? There's so much richness in the Old Testament. There's so much in the Old Testament. That helps us to understand the New Testament. It goes together. You can't have one without the other. It's God's total Word. I love this part where it says in verse 32, which is to build you up. How many times during the day? How many times during the week? How many times during your life Do you need to be built up? Right? Think about that. You might have a good part of your day, then all of a sudden you're a wreck and you need to be built up. Well, that's where you go to God. Talk to Him. Help me, Lord, through this situation. Your Word says we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. His Word, His promises build you up. Do we take advantage of that? Do we know His Word? Do we know His promises? And then it says, and give you an inheritance. Now that inheritance is a share that you and I have in God's eternal kingdom with everything God has prepared for us. Dear brothers and sisters, you haven't seen anything yet. Yes, you have your salvation. Yes, you're full of the Holy Spirit. Yes, you have a hope that goes beyond the grave. But wait till we're in His presence forever. What your eye has never seen, what your ears have never heard, is what God has prepared for you and me because we love Him. And we follow Him. How great is that? That is so awesome. Among all those who are sanctified. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ here or at home on the internet, you are sanctified. Sanctified means set apart. Chosen by God, you're set apart. You're purified by the blood of Christ. You're free from the guilt of sin. And some people that are born-again believers say, well, I feel so guilty for my past. Let it go. Jesus doesn't remember it. Why should you? His blood was shed not to cover your sins like the Old Testament sacrifices, but to wash away your sins as far as the east is from the west. Your sins are thrown into the sea of forgetfulness. Jesus doesn't see things that you did. He died. He shed His blood for you. I'm looking right now at a group of people that are the most important things in the universe. The most expensive things in the universe I'm looking at right now. Because... The world is going to pass away, but you're eternal, and God shed His blood for you. How valuable are you that God would die on the cross for you? That's how much He loves you. But we're bombarded by so much of the world stuff, that if we don't keep our face in this book and understand the promises of God, it's easy to get knocked down and have to be built up. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away Behold, all things have become new. You've been purified internally by the renewing of your spirit. Don't go by what you see in the mirror. The outside is not what's going on on the inside. You're on the course to one day have a new body a body that will last forever. That's part of your inheritance. But you are being renewed every day because God has set you apart through His sanctification process. In 2 Corinthians four sixteen to 18 it says, Therefore, we do not lose heart even though our outward man is perishing. Yet the inward man is being renewed Day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceedingly and eternal way to glory, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. The eternal... Last forever and ever and ever. They're not temporary. In Romans 12, verse 2, it says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you're conforming to this world, you're going to feel beat up all the time, you're going to feel discouraged. You're going to feel torn down. But God tells us, don't be conformed to this world. Don't fit into its mold. Everybody, things are going to keep getting worse and worse, and people are going to go nuts, not knowing what's going on. But God's Word has told us things must get worse and worse before we go to be with Him and before He returns to this planet. So don't be discouraged because of what you see. Don't look at the outward stuff that's happening. Regardless of how bad it gets, understand God's promise that it's temporary and things are going to get better in Him And the darker it gets, what should be happening to your light should be shining brighter and brighter and brighter. What does it mean to renew the spirit of your mind? Spiritual renewal is not a matter of feelings or experiences which a lot of the faith teachers live off of. And get rich off of. So Ken Copeland, who's in his 80's now. He's like a heartbeat away from meeting the Lord face to face. face. And his portrayal of Jesus is an abomination. It's an abomination. What he is doing in his church with all this fake healing... Is a sin. It's not a matter of feelings or experiences, the renewal of your mind. Rather, it's a genuine spiritual renewal that involves a new way of thinking, a new way of weighing the world, a new way of choosing, and a new way of believing. God's Word renews your mind. It gives you new thoughts, new behaviors. He He's the author and perfecter of your faith. He changes you from the inside out. How does the Word of God cleanse us? It's like a mirror. We've heard this before, many of us. The Word, the Word of God, shows us what's wrong with us. And if we take the necessary action, we will be blessed as James one 22 to 22-25 says. The Word keeps our heart clean by pointing out the areas in our life that we need to confess and renunciate, like do away with. I still remember Pastor Lloyd when I was a young believer. said, Pastor Lloyd, how do we deal with sin? He goes, well, Jesus dealt with it at the cross, and you need to be vicious with your sin. Be vicious with it. God's word helps remove the dirt, the thoughts, the actions, the language, the behavior. James 1, verses 22 to 25 says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. Be doers of the word. You hear. Remember what Paul is saying to these people Be alert, be vigilant, remember what I've said. Take notes. Remember it. Don't just hear what I'm saying because then you're just going to be deceived. you got to do it. Just do it. Right? The Nike logo. Victory, it means. Victory. You want victory? Do God's Word. That's where you get true victory. Verse 23 of James 1 says, For if anyone is a hearer of the Word and not a doer... He's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, for he observes himself, he goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. He forgets what he saw in the mirror. He doesn't recognize himself anymore. But boy, when we get into God's word, we recognize ourselves. We realize we're sinners saved by the grace of God and he's renewing us. He's changing us. We're new creatures in Christ. The old is gone, the new is here. Verse 25 of James 1. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Notice, you look into the perfect law of liberty. There's no greater liberty than to be free from the bondage of sin, right? Right? We know that, don't we? That if you've been freed from those habitual sins, you can give glory to God because you knew you could not get out of those sins by yourself. That's why they were habitual. You needed someone to break the habit and only God can do that and He did and we rejoice and thank Him that we now have the liberty that for maybe a long time we never had. And if you're listening or you're here tonight and you feel that you're still in that bondage and you've never accepted Jesus and you only heard his word and not doing it, you'll have an opportunity to receive Christ and let him break those chains so you can get on the right course and follow the right purpose for your life. John 15.3 says, You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. What are we supposed to do when we hear God's Word? Hide it in our heart so we do not sin against Him, right? So you have to digest it. If I just hear it and don't digest it and put His Word in my heart, then I'm going to sin against Him. But when I hide his word i put it in there it's there i can go to it any time you're a new creature things are changing because you're a doer of god's word paul says stay strong in the word of god and be and keep keep being built up it's not a one time action right it's every day every second of every day keep being built up Staying strong in the Word of God. Let's go back to Acts 20, verse 33. I have coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. Paul's not in this to get rich. He's traveling all over the world. You know, the third missionary journey that we're looking at now. It's not been an easy road for Paul, he's not a young man. He's in his 60s going up and down on the boats, all this. And when they go in these boats, it's not a cruise line. It's not a Disney cruise or anything. They're sleeping on the deck. Paul, who was a tent maker, probably sold some people these tents that they would sleep on the deck. But you know what? If there was a storm, they would get wet. There wasn't cabins they could go into. and I can't even imagine what the restroom situation was like. Sometimes we lose sight of what Paul was going through. But what did he do? He stayed the course. He didn't give up. He kept going because he had a purpose. And that was to heed the call of his Lord and Savior who told him where to go, what to do. We, you and I, should not covet what others have or do. God gives you what you need to run the course and the race according to His purpose. Verse 34, yes, you yourselves know these things, know that these hands have provided for my necessities and for those who are with me. I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that He said it is more blessed to give than to receive. Back to verse 34. It says, You yourselves know that these hands have provided for my necessities. Paul was not lazy. He was willing to work to make his way. He was willing to build tents and then go and preach. He set an example because there were a lot of preachers, rabbis, Pharisees that were making money off the people. And he wanted to show the people, I'm not like that. I'm willing to get paid for my, the skill that God has given me. Verse 35 says, I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak. And when he says the weak, he didn't just mean the physically weak, but he meant the feeble or weak in any sense, whether they were feeble and weak because of diseased or they were sick, or they were made weak by something. To support those people, and one of the things he's doing in his missionary journey, remember, He's collecting money from all the churches throughout Asia and the Greece to go back to Jerusalem that was a very poor church. And that's one of the things he wants to do, get back for the Feast of Pentecost, but also to be able to build up the church there with the kindness and charity of the other churches. And we are so blessed to be part of this church. The missionary outreaches that we have here is phenomenal. Much of your tithes go to spread the gospel. And sometimes, right, we get a chance to hear the people, what they, what they go through and what the Lord's doing in their neck of the woods. But that's all you. That's all of you in the congregation on Sunday that tithe. That's a beautiful thing. People are being saved as, as a result of our faithfulness. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said it is more blessed to give than to receive. Not being selfish. Just looking to help somebody if you can. In any way. It doesn't have to be monetary. It could be physical. It could be a word of encouragement. It could be any way. Just trying to lift up your brothers and sisters. Now it's interesting. This particular, uh, this last verse I just read says, it's more blessed to give than to receive. We've all heard that. But you know what? In Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you can't find where Jesus said that. Yet, it's quoted here, remember the words of the Lord Jesus, that it is more blessed to give than to receive. Well, you know, Jesus taught many things that aren't recorded in the Gospels. He performed many miracles that were not performed in the Gospel. And John mentioned this in John 21. Twenty five, where he says, And there are also many other things that Jesus did, which, if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Imagine that. There's so much more than Jesus did that from what has been written down. In Luke chapter twelve, verses sixteen to twenty one, it says. Then he spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yield plentiful. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. The course we run, the opportunities that we have to touch other lives for the kingdom. That's God's purpose for us. Whatever way it is. Like I said, it doesn't have to be money. It can be just helping, just encouraging, just praying. Verse 36 of Acts 20. And when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. It's an amazing thing that you see a person like Paul kneeling down with all the guys on Miletus And remember, he sent for the elders of the church. They had to travel by foot many, many miles to get to him. And many, many miles had to be traveled to tell them that message to come all the way back down before he left. So here is Paul with a group of people praying. And what does prayer show? It shows a sign of humility and dependence on Jesus. That's what prayer does. You humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. You're humbling yourself in God's sight. Showing your humility and your dependence. Verse 37, Then they all wept freely and fell on Paul's neck and kissed him. And if you study that weeping, have you ever wept so hard it hurts your face? It hurts your chest, it hurts your heart, it hurts your soul. That's the kind of crying that's going on here. And there's a transparency that can only come from a love and a trust in the people that you're with. And that only comes over a period of time. We've talked about before, be careful of who, if you have only known somebody for a short amount of time, trust in them. They have to pass the test of adversity, of hardships, going through with you those things. To build that love and trust, it doesn't just happen. But we've seen many people right here in this church that are hurt because they trusted somebody too soon. Always be aware of that. Be alert of those kind of things. The affection and love that was shown Paul, and Paul showed his people, remember this is the last time they're seeing each other. And continuing this journey is going to be Paul and Titus and Timothy and Luke. They're all with him. They're part of that group. We saw that way back in some chapters. So they're traveling. There's about nine or ten guys that are going to be leaving here that are going to keep moving on. But they're leaving behind many dear brothers, many dear sisters. Verse 38, Sorrowing most of all for the words which he spoke, that they would see his face no more. And they accompanied him to the ship. I think it's always important that you and I realize that all things on this earth are temporary and we shouldn't take anyone for granted no matter who they are as we run our race with the Lord and for the time that we have with people that He puts in our path. Don't take them for granted. Remember, God's Word and people are eternal. God's Word and people are eternal. The title again of tonight's message was, Different Course, Same Purpose. And we, I had mentioned before that if you're someone here, or you're someone at home, that has not realized that God has chosen you, He selected you, He wants to set you apart for His service that this is the night that you can choose Him if you've never done that. And this is also the night that you, if you're a born-again believer, can say, Lord, help me to understand my course more clearly. Show me through your plan book where you want me to go, what you want me to do, how you want me to think. Don't let me be conformed to this world, but renewed and changed. So why don't we pray, if there is anybody here or on the internet that knows they're a sinner, just like all of us in this building, we all know that we fall short of God's perfect standards. We know that we can't save ourselves, it's by grace you're saved through faith. It's not of works, so none of us can be proud and boast about it. That Jesus Christ, who we celebrate His birth this Sunday, That God Himself took on human flesh and came down to go to the cross to shed His blood for your sins and mine? Humble, Humble yourself in the presence of the Lord right now and just say, Jesus, I'm sorry. I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I've been following my way of life instead of Your way. I believe You went to the cross. That You died and paid for my sins and the sins of the world. Forgive me, dear Lord. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Fill me with Your Holy Spirit. I do not understand everything. But I know that You are the author. You can show me. You can teach me. I want to follow You all the days of my life. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you said that prayer, just call the number on your screen and we'll send you some material to get you started. And if you're here and you said that prayer, just come up afterwards and we'll give you some material too. And if you said that prayer, welcome to God's family. You're saved. You're sealed by God's precious Holy Spirit.
0: You've been listening to To Every Generation where you can also watch or listen to previous messages. If you have any questions or have a prayer request, please email us at contact at cccrossfields.org. Thanks for listening, and may God bless.